Well, good afternoon. Well, I think it's very important that even though today's liturgy does not really lend itself, and I want you to know I worked at it towards the 9-11 memorial of 21 years ago, I think today we should start off by focusing on all the men and women who lost their lives through the act of terrorism as well as lost their lives in the most heroic manner of running towards loving others and denying themselves their own life so that they might be able to save someone they probably didn't even know. May the Lord bless them and keep them. Amen. You ever wonder what God thinks about? I do. Every once in a while I think, you know, what's he do for recreation, you know? Does God get up? First of all, he doesn't get up because he never gets down. Does God go about, like, creating galaxies just for grins? You know, all the astronomers tell us that, they, uh, you know, space is, the universe is constantly, constantly expanding. You know, so maybe that's something he just does, you know? I really like the Milky Way, but this is going to be awesome. Wham! You know? I mean, what does he do? And what does he get excited about? What is he just really excited about? What is it that God does when he's together, when, when, as the Trinity, when the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and the Father talk? What do they talk about how, what are, they're most excited about? I know the answer. That's the scary part. You. You. You and me. The most exciting thing, the greatest desire of their hearts was to create you and I. And the greatest desire for their heart is for you and I to be able to learn and to be able to submit our wills, to be able to return to them so that they'll all come home to the great banquet. That's what God thinks about. What can I do to get him home? What can I do to get her home? Maybe I'll give her him and him, her, and maybe the two of them can figure it out. We call that marriage, <laughs> and that's what it's for. But my brothers and sisters, the greatest thing that the Father thinks about is us, because we're the most important thing that he ever created, according to his word. And that you and I know that we're going to live a life that is less than what he wants. I mean, there is no perfection in life. It's just a pursuit of, of perfection. Knowing that, though, what God loves is someone who will engage in the battle, someone who will get up when down and will say, I'm getting back up on the horse. I know I just failed you miserably, my Lord and my God, and I know I sinned in a manner that I just can't hardly believe you ever been so embarrassed by a sin you can't even look at yourself in the mirror? <laughs> I have that problem. We all should have that problem. But God lays in wait. He lays in wait to forgive and to grant us our mercy. I love the second reading. It's one of my favorites from St. Paul where he said, Jesus Christ came to save sinners. And he's thinking to himself, that's really good. Because I am the greatest of sinners. I am the foremost of sinners. And he did this so that his mercy and forgiveness might be illustrated to all of us so that you might know that his mercy is available so that you and I might have eternal life. 
awesome. The greatest thing God thinks about is getting you and I, bolstering you and I, reinforcing you and I, giving us grace so that you and I might be able to do one thing that we probably never stop doing. And that one thing is growing in humility. For the humble heart will see the kingdom of God. And an arrogant heart will not. An arrogant heart can't hear the voice of God, can't understand His wisdom, can't understand His intention and His desire for us to return to Him because an arrogant heart is concerned about who? Me. Now, before I became ordained, I, I ran a business for 33 years, and I was greatly in debt, as a lot of small businesses are, in order to grow, and it all worked out. But I've got to tell you what, there's certain things that draw your mind and draw your mind's attention, and that is when everything is on the line. When everything is on the line at the office, everything is on the line at school, everything is on the line in grad school, everything is on the line and it's time for you to perform, I can tell you that's where the adrenaline comes up and that's where the energy is found and that's where you and I play ball. But God is saying, awesome, I'm all about that. That's why I gave you the talent you have. But what I want more than anything else is not your 401k to grow or your bank book to grow or your business to grow, that's great if it happens. What I want is your soul to return to me because I love you so much. I just made a galaxy this morning and I love you more than it. How cool is that? That's the awesome reaction St. Paul is having. I, God, Jesus Christ came to save sinners and of them I am the foremost. He used to order people killed. He blasphemed. He told people Jesus Christ was not the Savior. He was the Antichrist for a while until what happened? Until what happened? Everybody seems to put a horse in this story. There is no horse in this story. They got knocked off of a horse and hit the ground. Nope. Read it. Go back and read it. No horse. I don't know. It's, it's lore. <laughs> Jesus strikes Paul down, blinds him, knocks him into his senses, and says, Stop it! Do you know who I am? And Paul says, No, Lord, I do not know who you are. And he says, No kidding! <laughs> and he grants Paul the gift of humility. Humility. Paul walks away from that encounter confused, shocked, and blind. And falls, this powerful man falls at the mercy of those he persecuted. And they, by the call of God the Father, heal him, care for him, and love him. Even though Paul had probably killed or imprisoned many of their friends. Humility 
is the key to create one of the greatest saints the world has ever known, St. Paul. Without it, he would have never made it. The same is true for you and I. Look, there's nothing wrong with you and I having great plans for our life. We have intellects, and we're supposed to think. I'm not putting that down. I am mired in that myself, and it is okay, and it is actually good. But what you and I cannot allow to happen is for us to be so busy and so focused on the worldly things that we forget that all the importance, when everything is on the line, it's not whether the company survives or you get the Ph.D., it's if you get into heaven. That's the goal. And so, my brothers and sisters, on this 24th Sunday in Ordinary Time, let us rejoice in the fact we've got a God that is rooting for us, that is excited for us, that thinks that we're the greatest thing He ever created, and He is looking to give us grace and hope and joy and energy as long as you and I will continue to understand that He is God and we are not. For C.S. Lewis said, humility. It's not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Thank you, God. So let's do that this week. Let's just have our priorities focused on returning to God in heaven and growing in holiness and allowing ourselves to say, I am not there and you are. Please take me. In that, everything else we do unfolds. Everything else we do has now the rightful purpose. May we have that wisdom and go forth and live in joy and in hope. May God continue to bless you.